Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. This morning, I am going to start a series based on a Life Church series titled Better. And all month long, we are going to look at places in the Word of God that God says one thing is better than another. Uh, Years ago, when I was in youth group, like that is years ago now, uh, our youth leader walked into the room and started handing out fun-sized Hershey bars to every kid in the room. And after he did, he went back around the room and asked every single one of those kids if he could have that chocolate bar back. And some gave it back, and a lot of them were already eating it. Uh, And others said, no, 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 I'm going to keep it. But after he did that, he went back around the room a third time, and to everyone who had given him the fun-sized bar, he handed them a regular-sized Hershey bar. There was an immediate, you can have mine back from those who had still had their bar, and a no fair from everyone who had just crammed the thing in their mouth. There are so many God lessons from that illustration to be learned. Lessons about holding on to what we think We need, want, and desire. But God having something exponentially better in store for us. Question. How many of you want to have a better 2021 than 2020? Raise a yeah, yeah. Like you'd be crazy not to want a better 2021. Uh, God has blessings in store for us in this year. Amen. Well, God often has blessings in store for us that we can only take hold of if we are willing to let go of the fun size bar. It doesn't matter whether it's our idea of the good life or something we feel we just can't live without. And I want to be clear up front that I'm not limiting what we hold on to just to like physical things, material things. Sometimes, I think the church gets stuck talking about possessions when we talk about the blessings of God and what we hold on to. And honestly, even with those material things, there is nothing wrong or sinful about having nice things or being comfortable or enjoying conveniences. Life was designed by God to be a blessing to us. Uh, I kind of like hot water in my shower too. Uh, There is nothing wrong with enjoying the blessings of God as long As long as God has our heart first and our life displays that God has our heart first. It's sad, though, when people settle and hold on to that fun-sized bar when God has, like, a king-sized bar in store for them. And I'm not just talking about chocolate or material things. I'm, I'm talking about like king-size contentment and joy and purpose in life. I'm talking about living and knowing the presence of God like for real. I'm talking about feeling and knowing his love and his favor for you. In order to take hold of and embrace those things Sometimes we have to let go 
to embrace what is better. And at times, we just have to take a leap of faith because what God knows is better doesn't always appear better to us. For, for example, and this is just one, and I might dig into this later in the series, Acts 20.35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than receive. Jesus obviously said it. It's better to give than receive. But living generously doesn't always appear better, does it? So when we don't want to be generous with our time, when we don't want to go the extra mile, when we want to hold on to that fun-sized bar that we have, we need to take a leap of faith and trust that his way is better. I know that many of our connect groups are on pause right now because of COVID. But, but I think this series would be a great one to wrestle with these themes around a group of other Christians because the things that God says are better are not always easy to embrace on your own. I think all of us need the love and support, the encouragement, the stories of other believers to encourage us to take those leaps of faith that are actually for our best, because at times those leaps of faith can be intimidating. So if your connect group is meeting or if you're doing a, a Zoom meeting, I think the discussion and encouragement will be critical uh, during this series. Uh, your group can help you walk into what is better. All right, so the better scripture we're going to wrestle with this morning is Psalm 84. Now, let me go ahead and read verses 1 and 2 and verse 10 of Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper, like the lowest position in the, in the courts, in the house of my God, than dwell in the tents of the wicked. What the author of that psalm is saying is, I want to be as close to God as possible. Long before Jesus was on the scene, the Israelites worshiped God in the temple, this physical building. And there was this, this place in that building called the Holy of Holies where the Spirit of God dwelled. Only the priests went in there a couple, like once a year. For the rest of the people, the, the closest you could get were the surrounding courts, the author of this psalm is saying, I want to be as close to God as I can possibly get. My soul, my spirit aches to be close to God, to feel his presence. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I was trying to come up with an illustration to describe the depth of longing that the author of this psalm is talking about. And the closest I could come up with 
is this. If you have a loved one that has passed, that you loved deeply, what would you give to spend one more day with that person? Would you trade a thousand days off your life for one more day? That's 2.7 years. Some of you would do that in a heartbeat. That's how bad the author is saying, I, I long, I faint to be with God. God is good. He, he doesn't ask you for a thousand days off your life to experience his presence. In fact, he gave his life so you could experience his presence. We get to experience him now and for all eternity. Sadly, some people don't think the king-sized savior is worth letting go of fun-sized living to gain. See what I did there? Some people think, why would I want to follow a bunch of rules? Why would I want to let go of what I'm doing? Why would I want, it's like I'm having a darn good time. How many of you know that sin can be fun? If you don't know that sin can be fun, you didn't do it right. That's all I have to say. Uh, because sin can be fun for a season until it kicks your butt. That's how some of you got saved, right? Sin ceased to be fun. And you went running for a king-sized savior. And that's okay. God will take you any way you come to him and treat, treat you like you never sinned at all. That's just how gracious he is. But just so some folks don't say, hey, you know what, I'll do that. that. That sounds like a great idea. And when sin stops being fun, I'll come to Jesus. Here's the problem with that logic. Sometimes we have to live with the lingering effects of that sin. I know people who have lost jobs. I know alcoholics who have lost family because of their addiction. That spouse isn't coming back. God forgives you, and that person might too. But that door is closed. It's part of what living outside of God's will costs us. It robs us often of God's best. Sin might be fun. Best? Never. It doesn't mean that, that God can't restore all things, because he can. I actually saw one marriage restored that addiction had destroyed. It was the most beautiful wedding, and I've done a lot of weddings. It was the most beautiful wedding I have ever been part of. It was me, the groom, the bride, and their two teenage kids. The, the, the couple had gotten divorced because of his drinking. And after years of meetings and sobriety and courting his wife, she agreed to marry him again. He was the recipient of a king-sized blessing from God. Because it doesn't always work out that way. He was blessed. So let me share this morning some reasons why one day in the presence of God is better than a thousand elsewhere. 
first, and we've kind of been talking about it. Your sins can be forgiven. That means you can live endless days with God, which is much better than living endless days without him. Just saying. Salvation is better than the alternative. It's better than holding on to whatever else you think you need, want, and desire. Amen? Salvation is the best. Second, you can know the joy and peace of the Lord no matter what is going on. Joy and peace, if they come from the presence of God, it's not based on what's happening around you. They come from knowing God and knowing he's with you no matter what. Every day is a good day. He is constant. He is our strength and our refuge. Third, you have the Spirit's power in you to live according to God's plan and purpose for your life. You can stay in step with the Spirit. You can know you are in his will at all times. Now, we all know that doesn't mean that we will never sin again because we're human. That we know that that doesn't mean that we won't all experience hard times and tragedies in life because we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen even to good people. But that does mean we can know without a shadow of a doubt that life with Jesus is better. That raises the question, if one day in God's presence is better than a thousand elsewhere, how do you stay in that moment? How do you stay in the moment of that day? Let, let me give you kind of three practices for staying in the moment of that one day. Number one, work on staying in constant communication with God throughout the entire day. First Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, you might think that's idealistic, praying continually, but think of it more like texting than anything else. Many of us now, these days, communicate with friends and family all the time, all day long through text, in like little tiny short bursts. So think about talking with God in those terms. It's an awareness of that other person. It's like wanting that impulse in your spirit to check your phone could be the impulse in your spirit to have a conversation with God, like all day long. Even scripture reading and meditating on a verse you read in the morning periodically could be a way that you let the word of God speak to you. So it's not like the, the long, drawn-out, hour-long prayer time and focused scripture time will never happen. It will, but you can continually talk to God in just brief moments all day long. You can't sit every day, all day, and just read and pray uh, because, like, you have jobs and kids and things to do. But bring God into every moment of your day, and it will be better. Number two, work on developing the habit of immediate obedience to God's leading. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That 
continual communication with God goes both ways. As you develop a practice of talking to God, God will talk back and direct your steps. He, he will prompt you to let go of those fun-sized bars and be about king-sized business. He will affirm you. He'll direct your steps. He'll show you to love people in word and in deed. When he does, do it immediately. Moms, maybe that's a word of blessing or a text to your kids or your husband. Maybe it will be sending a prayer text to a friend. This is going to be difficult. Um, Monday, I had the honor of doing the funeral for Brandon Peterson. A few days before that, I was driving to pick up a Walmart order, and I just felt this urge to call Angie Smouse and offer my condolences and let her know that if her brother needed me to do the service, I, I would do that. It would be an honor. As I was talking to Angie, Brooke called and said, hey, do you think Pastor Steve would uh, let us do the service at New Stanton? Now, to you, that might be a small thing. And some people might think, you know what, that, that is like just a coincidence. No, <laughs> it is not. That is God's way of showing that he's present and he's involved in that situation in every moment of your day. That's God's saying, my relationship, this relationship with me is better. He cares. He speaks. Honestly, I would trade all my days to know his presence. Just to be in communication with him. Develop the practice of immediate obedience because God speaks and he directs your steps. That will lead to number three. Develop a daily desperation for God. The author of Psalm 84 said, my soul yearns, my heart and my soul like faints for the living God. In the last four and a half months, I lost 40 pounds. At first, it was really, really hard to cut out sugar and carbs. Uh, there were a couple days in the beginning of that process where I was literally physically ill. I had such bad cravings. But after that first few weeks, the cravings for those things went away. And like my body started to desire meat and vegetables. I have been on the deer diet. I feel better. I don't get tired at 2 o'clock every day. I stop snoring. My wife is thankful. Uh, I have more energy. The spiritual lesson there is we desire what we consume. If we eat junk, we desire junk, but suffer the consequences. If we eat healthy, we desire the, what's good. If you stay in constant communication with God and develop a habit of immediate obedience, you will desire more and more of God. You see, the truth is it's not a fair comparison. The, the chocolate bars, I mean, from the opening illustration. God is not offering us a king-sized version of what the world offers us. He is 
so much better. His ways are so much better. His plan for you is so much better. His hopes for you are so much better. His presence is better. And once you start spending time with him and walking in his ways, you won't desire anything else. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. In this new year, will you work on staying in communication with God throughout the entire day? Will you develop a habit of immediate obedience? If so, you will desire him above all else. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you are everything we need. And God, you're more than that. <laughs> you're everything that we desire, even God, when there are times when we don't realize that you're exactly what we need in that moment. And God, for many of us, our eyes have been opened that we need to come back to you. We need to work on our relationship because we've traded that king-size portion for something much smaller. So God, in this new year, we desire what's better. We desire you in Jesus' name.